Let's go back in time to learn the secrets of the past. See what love looks like when peering through those colored glass. Hindsight's 2020 or 13 to be exact. So let's dive into ancient Welcome back to The Bachelor of Hearts presents Extra Credit presents Ancient History. The Bachelor, Australia podcast that asks ye old question. Xavier, it took 65 minutes to get to the the Anna bit, the really important Anna bit in the Bachelor finale in 2013. What what is this? A- Anna Karenina? You know, like it's too, it's too long. Settle down, Tolstoy. And by the way, Tolstoy, like bring back Buzz and and Woody and like some of the good characters because that was way better. <laughs> uh, Buzz is back. I don't know if you know this. He's having a big moment right now. Buzz Street's back. Hello, Max Quinn is my name. Joining me as they always do is Xavier RN, our, our romance raconteur here on the BOH pod. Hi, Xavier. This is another one of our extra credit ancient history episodes that means that we've got a bit of stuff for you here up the top a bit of stuff behind the paywall and as we begin all of that first of all i would like to acknowledge that today we are recording on the land of the gadigal people of the eora nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and the custodians of this land we acknowledge that sovereignty of this land was never ceded and that it always was and always will be aboriginal land so when i say the important Anna bit. It is, of course, the bit where Anna gets together with our bachelor, Tim. This is the finale, of course, of the 2013 first ever season of The Bachelor Australia that we are recapping. Xavier, there's so much that we have to go through, but it's been a little minute since we've talked, since we did our expose on what's going on with all these new three bachelors and got to do a bit of a batch world catch up before we really, really dig in to the meat of this incredibly boring first finale ever. Xavier, how are you? What's going on? I can't believe that you've given away not only the result, which I was going to dangle <laughs> over. I was going to dangle. There are probably people, <laughs> I assume most of our listeners don't know what happened on this show almost yep, 10 years yep. ago. True. Um, so that's something, you know, You you if you're listening to the free version of this episode, you need to subscribe to find out what happened. Is, is yeah, where that's I was also true. From. We shouldn't be keeping that from you. No. Um, but you're, you've also given away the other big twist of this episode, which is that it's very dull. <laughs> it's so flat. <laughs> it's there's just, boring. there's really not much here, listeners. But do you know who can find some fun in this us two us. two of us me xrn um that's right and if you want to find out about all that fun you can head on down to patreon.com slash boh pod where for just five dollars a month you get two bonus episodes of our podcast in full ad free we tell you who kisses at the end <laughs> and mm. uh yeah it's been a great time this is this is going to be uh we're going to wrap up this uh this mini series and go on to uh, further different other things in the near future that I'm quite excited about. We've been having some late Lots night of extra credit for you discussions. on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you will, uh, you'll enjoy that, but if you are just here for the, the, the free ride, 
you know, congrats. Some people say this. this... <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to see. For some reason, I was expecting you to do uh, Slow Ride by Foghat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take it easy, you guys. We're a little rusty. I'm blowing the, the dust off the top <laughs> layer here. Uh, Maxi is right that we need to get into the Batch World catch up because it has been a couple of weeks since we last podcasted and some major stuff has been going down. First and foremost, this is crucially important. Channel 10 has officially confirmed that there will not be a season of The Bachelorette Australia this year. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought we hadn't talked about this. I know. This is awful news. Yeah. So this marks the first time off for the series since it began airing in 2015. Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer of Paramount Australia and New Zealand, Beverly McGarvey, gave a statement to TV tonight that was almost as long as her job title, um, <laughs> in which she very helpfully explained, actually, we haven't always had an iteration of Bachelorette on air every year. If you think way back to the beginning, we had two or three years that we didn't, and then we introduced Bachelorette. And then we did it every year since. Right. Thank you, yeah. Beverly. <laughs> I feel like she's trying to be like, yeah, well, we could have actually stopped doing it whenever we want, so you should be grateful. I feel like, yeah, we're getting a bit gaslit by Beverly. <laughs> Like, it was a problem at the time that we didn't have it. Bachelorette. Yeah, of course. Um, which we'll talk about a bit later, I guess. The better show. 10 uh, had, in fact, previously confirmed the series for 2022. Um, mm. We discussed this after viewing the extremely necessary, in retrospect, upfront <laughs> broadcast uh, in October of last year. Um, so the powers that be at 10 haven't ruled out the possibility that Bachelorette may return at some point in the future. Uh, and EVP and CCO of PANZB McGee mentions that, quote, a little bit of scarcity this year is probably going to help us move forward. Um, tell that to whoever decided how many bachelors there should be this year yeah right uh but yeah i mean like given the way that they quietly shuffled bachelor in paradise off a cliff never to be mentioned again um Mm. i think it may be wise not to get our hopes up about bachelorette for the near future until we hear otherwise unless we get a really really compelling bachelorette in this season Mm. i don't think it's i don't think we have um much hope which is a shame because as you just said and I think as we've said multiple times over the, the lifespan of this podcast, we like Bachelorette better almost all the it's time. It's way better. It's good. Yeah. Like, you know, there's something going on there. Mm. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. There are numerous ways that they kind of shoot the Bachelorette in the foot ratings wise. Mm. I think just by airing it directly after the Bachelor every year, there is always going to be some level of exhaustion that settles in. And that has manifested itself in the ratings almost every season Ironically, last year with Brooke's season, the ratings were okay if you factor in the the online viewers, the 10 play, the catch up, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. But it's about convincing your advertisers that a stream is as good as a view um, in your different demographics. And I suppose that the the call that was made would have been that Channel 10 decided, no, it's not. Or, right. you know, no, we aren't getting the value that we deem necessary to get from a show like this. And I think that... B McEVP <laughs> is pitching for uh, an absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Um, the Bachelor Australia season eight lead and mild salsa aficionado Lockie Gilbert <laughs> is now engaged to the winner of his yeah, season, Irina Shribovska. I'm happy for them. I 
I'm glad you talked over it because I fucked up the pronunciation quite badly. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can edit it. Was, you know, I was jumping in to save you. <laughs> yeah. Irina. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Is she Polish? Is she Ukraine? It feels like something I should be able to pronounce based on know my her. background. Okay, great. Um, the proposal posed in front of a waterfall in the Grampians National Park in Victoria, which echoed their waterfall hometown date. Um, mm. incidentally, that waterfall hometown date I found out this week was incidentally shot at the same waterfall that they used to portray hell in the 2010 movie Tomorrow Where the War Began. That's funny. I didn't know that. Just a little film fact. Um, so the proposal, it, it, it was captured in glossy photographs. It was, you know, it was grabbed, uh, you know, shared across the world. It was, uh, it was captured on video, shared to both their Instagram pages Interestingly, the video is soundtracked by the Lady Gaga song Hold My Hand, which is the lead single from the Top Gun Maverick soundtrack, Um, which I mention only because that movie has had a huge promotional crossover on Channel 10, including- exactly where your brain was going with this. Please continue. Yeah. So we had those themed dates on both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette last year. so both, you know, both Channel 10 and Top Gun Maverick are owned by Paramount, which is an, mm. an incredibly big media brand. Um, you know, I, I was <laughs> looking into it. I'm like, there is a Top Gun Maverick channel on 10 Play uh, where you can watch all the trailers from the movie. It's like just as well stocked as the Bachelor and Bachelorette channels on 10 Play are. Yikes. Um, and I saw on Instagram a healthy number of Bachelor and Bachelorette stars sharing that they had been invited to preview screenings of the film. So I think this is like, this is just like a glimpse into like how modern marketing of these types of things works in the sense that there is a marketing company who have been paid a huge amount of money to think of everything. And, oh, I, yeah. and I think one of those things is like former Bachelor stars, uh, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that they picked this song. I have a feeling, you know, that, that they're getting a little, somebody has asked them like, hey, if you use this song, we'll give you. 500 bucks and if it gets over x amount of views we'll give you you know how whatever it is oh, we're building incentives into the contract i like this I, I mean i would have to imagine i don't know really specifically how this stuff works because i've never been mm-hmm. offered it myself um but i do know that it exists um and you know there was an outdoor marketing campaign there were digital ads on all sorts of websites that are like linked to The Bachelor, like oh, all these mm. worlds. Then there was also advertising during sporting events and like, you know, like all of the different portions of the demographic are being serviced in different ways by this very successful movie, which by the way, is pretty good. I I saw it. Did oh, you see good. it? I'm glad that you saw it. No, I didn't know that it even came out. Okay. I had a feeling, <laughs> I had a feeling it might've escaped your grasp. Uh, Max, if you don't know, dear listener has seen like 15 movies tops, I think. I have seen Tomorrow Where the War Began. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, put it on your list. Okay. I will. I'm keeping a list of the movies Max has definitely seen. Uh, good. Uh, that's good to know. Um, this uh, segment has not been in vain. Uh, uh, did I get sidetracked during it? Maybe. Um, we're very happy for Irina and Lockie. We hope they find nothing but joy with their new co-pilots. Uh, hey, there you go. Co-piloty situation. You know who else is co-pilot, Xavier, who I think we're about to talk about? <laughs> hey, that's Jimmy and Holly. So, yeah, speaking of previous winning couples from The Bachelor Australia, Jimmy Nicholson and Holly Kingston have had an interesting couple of weeks. Yeah, what's happened here? So, um, the couple have, in their endless, unquenchable thirst to produce content, 
somehow stumbled into sharing their unprovoked and pretty uninformed opinions on sex work. No, why did you do this, Jimmy and Holly? Now, how did this happen? You know, like, yeah, like who is like, do you know what I'm going to do today? Right. Is just wade into this territory that I have nothing to say about Mm. that is constructive or Mm. thoughtful in any way. And I'm just going to stick my fucking foot right in there. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a subject that I would expect them to have absolutely no opinion on. Um, sure, because um, as has been pretty widely reported, there are plenty of ex reality stars who have taken to using websites like OnlyFans or other you know adult mm-hmm. sites as an alternate income stream, uh, including some recent examples from Married at First Sight uh, and some from The Bachelor as well. Like it's not for certain, it's not outside the world of uh, you know influence. Jimmy and Holly will have heard about it. Um, and so they were conducting a Q&A on Holly's Instagram where they chose to answer this question that a fan wrote to them. What are your thoughts on OnlyFans? Are you and Jimmy going to get one? And the couple chuckle and they say they're not planning to get one. But then they start, they're just like, enough. they just offer. That is enough. <laughs> right. Because that's Stop. where it could have ended. They could have been like, yep. imagine if we did. More not for us. If you do. Yeah. Not for us. You don't have to say anything. Absolutely fine. But they offer some additional commentary. And so Holly starts, and maybe, I don't know, do we have a content warning here for like, you know, sex neg- negative people, like shaming of sex workers? I mean, anything. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you're offended by big, bad, neggy sex. <laughs> I'm offended by that phrase, frankly. <laughs> um, Holly says, no judgment towards anyone who does have OnlyFans. I have to try and read this in a neutral way. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to influence the way that you are taking this information in if you didn't see this or hear about it. And let me say, I only found out about this because they apologized for something. So I did not yeah. see any of this. This is the first time that I'm hearing this. And already, no judgment. And I'm assuming that there's a great big butt walking right in right about now. The, yeah, the problem is they have said no judgment and then they have done some judgment. It's it's a problem that a lot of people work into. But I'll let you be the judge. I'll try, I'm mm. uh, so to speak. I'll try not Full to. judgment. Right, yeah. No judgment towards anyone who does have OnlyFans, but I think there has been a little bit of a trend in people coming off reality shows and leveraging that degree of fame to then sell nudes online, which, and then she laughs a bit uncomfortably. And Jimmy adds, my problem with it is that people sort of saying that they're doing it because it's female empowerment or male empowerment. I think that that's a load of shit personally. Good God. I think you need to be a role model to the future generations. If you want to celebrate male or female empowerment, start a charity. Donate to breast cancer (laughs) awareness or prostate cancer (laughs) awareness. (laughs) I think it's a way to grab money. And I think about and and think about the example you're setting for future generations. So Holly smiles. She sort of implicitly agrees with what Jimmy's saying. And then she uploads the post with the caption, our view normal. I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. (laughs) I can't, I can't do that. Uh, The caption says our view normalizing selling naked photos on the internet doesn't equal male slash female empowerment. Thanks for coming to our Ted talk. No. So I would hope that I don't have to explain what's problematic about this in too much detail. Um, no. The suggestion is that OnlyFans creators and sex workers can't be good role models, um, that there is something inherently morally wrong with being in or around the sex work industry, uh, that Jimmy fucking Nicholson knows what is empowering for women better than they do themselves. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. It's also 
blatantly hypocritical that these two influencers who were cast by reality producers because of their conventional good looks and Mm. whose careers are now kept afloat by lucrative brand deals should be so opinionated about what other reality stars do to, quote, leverage their fame instead of, quote, starting a charity, which obviously neither of them have done. It is a very regressive, uninformed, classist, patriarchal, slut-shaming take from two gleaming icons of bachelor conservatism. So naturally, this led to some criticism, with folks rightly, in my opinion, pointing out that they were further stigmatizing sex work and the communities of people who rely on it uh, Mm -hmm. and showing their whole stupid asses while doing it. Actually, that's kind of ironic when I think about it because the problem seems to be people showing their asses. Anyway. Oops. uh, Past guest and Batchy Gossip reporter Megan Pestetto uh, put it quite well with this comment that got some traction online. The Bachelor couple who both attended Sydney's top private schools and who are both set to inherit millions from their equally extremely wealthy families said from their $2 million apartment in Bondi on Tuesday, whilst draped in polo Ralph Lauren turtlenecks and jewels and flashing 50k worth of combined cosmetic dental work after recently returning from 101 luxury honeymoons, which is a thing they've been doing on YouTube lately. Yikes. So the day after the story was posted, Holly shared several screenshots of supportive messages from her audience and fans. Mm, She's done the Sam Frost. Yeah. She's kind of like, well, some people say I'm wrong, but some people say I'm right. Like she's essentially doubling down on her initial comments. Um, But as these things tend to do, it started gathering more attention. It's a snowball rolling downhill. And it's scary to be so wrong so publicly. Mm. So Jimmy and Holly went quiet, taking a week off posting, um, but incidentally not from policing the comment sections of their Instagram pages where the negative comments seem to vanish, but the positive ones in their favor. How did that happen? I don't know. It's just good filtering on Instagram's behalf, I guess. And then on the 19th of June, they came back with their, quote, final message on what has transpired, which was blatantly not an apology or retraction at all. And instead, a woe is me plea for reason in the face of the backlash to their unprovoked statements. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but they write, quote, we believe that being progressive and open minded doesn't mean you have the same narrow worldview as other people who call themselves progressive and open minded. Mm. It means you are willing to tolerate views that are different to your own. It is not acceptable to bully, harass, or threaten anyone, whether you disagree with them or not. <laughs> Furthermore, Xavier, <laughs> uh, so sorry, so sorry. Mm. I just, <laughs> it's just that my pot and my kettle are yelling at each other. <laughs> what are they saying? Is it about color? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, furthermore, if you have a public profile, we believe it is especially important to encourage a constructive, non biased discussion rather than an attack. They go on to thank the people who have kindly agreed with them, as well as those who have, quote, respectively dis- sorry, respectfully disagreed with us, later underlining the, quote, toxic trend that says it is okay to bully or cancel people you disagree with just because they have a different <sighs> opinion to you. No. We think that is the real threat to empowering people in our society. Oh, for Christ's sake. So let's talk about it. I think this is very bad, and I kind of want to break down why, because I think there are a few different things going on here. Lay it on me. So firstly, though, I want to state quite clearly that death threats, 
threats of violence, threats to someone's safety, bullying. These things are real issues. Um, yes. And there are no real excuses for these things. Like some of them are very serious. Death threats, like, you know, um, have a real psychological effect. And I want to separate that from... Um, and I don't want to claim that those things haven't happened because there's every chance. I know how volatile social media can be. I think all of mm-hmm. us do. There's every chance that they have received some really inappropriate messages and that stuff is not on. Certainly. This response that they've posted doesn't meaningfully engage with the actual issues at play in any way. Uh, instead, it disingenuously redirects the narrative back to themselves as victims. There's no part of this statement where they take accountability for using their platform to further stigmatize sex workers or show any understanding for why people might choose to start an OnlyFans profile. There's no level of insight into the role that sex work plays in society. Um, Beyond this sentence, which I just think is weird, they say, we have no issue with someone who freely and legally works in the sex industry, whether it is on OnlyFans or elsewhere which seems to implicitly allow that the current status quo of Australian state and national laws regarding sex work are perfect and without fault. Um, I wonder, yeah, if they've consulted a lawyer here. I mean, I'm curious if they have any idea about any, like, of the legality of sex work within Australia. Mm. You know, I, I did a very cursory Google, and I don't claim to be an expert on this, but I found out that you know, someone doing the same work in the ACT would be breaking the law if they did it in the Northern Territory, obviously, right. depending on the work, um, for example. Uh, and and so it seems Interesting. like, yeah, Jimmy and Nikki seem to think that that's, sorry. Jimmy and Nikki? Jimmy, yeah, Nikki got it on at this point. No, Nikki's not involved. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and Holly uh, seem to think that that's fine. And that makes sense uh, as far as their understanding is. Um, anyway, look, that's a bit of a diversion. Um, but there, there is no, there's no engagement with like the types of marginalized people who might depend on sex work, um, on, on either side of like a transaction or whatever you would call it. Um, there's not even the trace of genuine, you know, somewhat misplaced, maybe, uh, concern for the well-being of sex workers that you often hear from people who are anti-sex work. Their statement reeks of this frustratingly centrist view that civility should matter more than any ideological platform, which I understand, like, considering we're talking about the Instagram pages of two reality TV contestants, (laughs) like, yeah, I agree. Like, we shouldn't be having this discussion, but they have knowingly and deliberately waded into these waters of their own accord, something which they have the incredible luxury to be able to do with next to no consequences because of their class and social status. And they are creating a straw man argument uh, that they were receiving negative feedback purely for having a different opinion than some of their audience, which shows a blatant unwillingness to engage with the fact that they decided to respond publicly to this question and use it as a jumping off point to share their opinion to their audience. I saw this tweet today from The Chaser Mm -hmm. that said, uh, local man's common sense views neither common nor sensible. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Holly and Jimmy are, as far as I can see it, about as empowered as it is possible to be in contemporary Australian society. They have both independent and intergenerational wealth. 
They're conventionally attractive, young, able-bodied, heterosexual. They have a big audience. Their personalities and perspectives are neutral and inert enough for the most part that it's hard for people to have a real problem with them. And that's the problem with them. They don't fucking get it, you know? That's why there was a bad season of television if you want to really look deeply into it because a man that we were unable to invest in as a character picked a woman that we were unable to invest in as a character. Right. So anyway, uh, as I was writing this up last night, um, I noticed that they're back to sharing on their Instagram stories again, and they have big goofy grins because they're going on another holiday. Oh, fantastic. So uh, that's where we leave things with Jimmy and Holly um, right now. I could just not have, like, I could not have less interest in them i didn't want to be thinking about them the show i also just like like these are people who are foreign to me at least like as as someone who is 31 years old and uh works in the media and is white and probably encounters a similar amount of uh privilege to holly and and to jimmy because of my uh whiteness and my working in the media-ness and whatever yeah I just I just don't identify with these people in any way and that is really disappointing because you look at some of the other people that the show has chosen to cast over the years and there are at least points where you're like oh I relate to you you know yeah this uh, to me is is not relatable uh radio presenter television personality hottest 100 contender podcaster fashion designer influencer bws salesperson and ex batchy star <laughs> bws <Abby>. every time <laughs> there's a new thing <laughs> she's busy she's keeping busy uh abby chatfield has added yet another feather to her cap as one of the newly appointed panelists of the masked singer australia does bws stand for busy with singing no, BWS is uh, booze. I know. It's beer, wine, Why and spirits. stop drinking it, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so the show has cycled out its guesses before with Lindsay Lohan lasting only the first 10 episodes, which, by the way, were something else. Sublime. But this overhaul is the most dramatic by far as comedian Ursula Carlson, pop star Danny Minogue and radio mainstay Jackie O are said to be, I'm sorry, set to be replaced by actor and media personality Chrissy Swan, Spice Girl Mel B. Why am I saying it like this? I'm just getting bored <laughs> reading, I guess. Uh, and aforementioned multi-hyphenate Abby Chatfield, respectively. And also Husey. <laughs> oh, Husey stays. You can't People get rid of Husey. Husey's passed the Q test or whatever it is that we do. That's right. Um, Bachelor host Osher Ginsberg will remain um, as well. But look, enough reading from the press release. This feels like another step up the rung um, of Australia's media landscape for Abby. Who, Good stuff. You know, she, she's gone from appearing as a contestant on Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. And then I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here which I think is how you pronounce it, Um, to then hosting the Love Island Australia after party, like the little after show. And now she's doing this. Like it's, you know, it's, there's a clear progression there. Um, There's a real takeover happening. Uh, There is even some speculation that she is in consideration to, to, to take over former bachelorette Sophie Monk's job as the host of Love Island Australia proper. um, According to some daily mail article that I read like three months ago. (laughs) Good for her. Yeah. Look, she seems like a fucking legend Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, and continues to prove herself to be as far as I'm concerned. I think this is a person who knows generally what is 
in her best interests as a media personality, has great instincts, and isn't afraid to speak her mind. As far as I'm concerned, let the rise of Abby Chatfield continue. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we continue to wish her all the success in the world and continue to wonder... Is she going to come on the pod at some point? Like we nah, were, yeah, we got to do that. Well, we were DMing in her season. I think we can probably reveal that, right? Like oh, yeah, there was that's true. there was yeah, some yeah. early chat. Speaking of DMing somebody who is not expecting to receive <laughs> a message what a from fantastic us. segue, listeners! <laughs> oh my god, do I have a fucking story for you? Yeah, I don't think you know what's okay. coming. <laughs> This is a thing that happened. Listeners, we recorded this part of the episode and then we decided, mm, maybe not. Maybe this is better in the Patreon zone. You know what I'm saying? And I can also tell you that it's very juicy and you'll want to hear it. And I promise we're not just doing this to be annoying. We are not clickbaiting you. We are certainly not clickbaiting you. It's more like we know our friends behind the paywall will appreciate this so much. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of where we're at with this uh, little bit of the BOH pod. Thank you for here. joining us for this first part. Uh, we warmly encourage you to check out. If you haven't done any of the Patreon stuff before, just come on and check this out. You can dip yeah, out yeah, after that. It's You're going to have a good care. time. Uh, Patreon.com slash BOHpod. But if not, um, thanks for being here. We'll be back again quite soon. We're going to be talking about... Uh, oh, look, You don't. if you don't subscribe, you don't care what we're talking about next episode. We're going to do what more news. What does it matter? You're going to get a batch of catch up. There'll be some other stuff and we'll get more. Hey, listeners, in the in, in, what, what do you call this in the meantime? Well, that's all, folks. Uh, We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye.